fucking go. Happy quarantine Tuesday, and we're taking over. Austin Norton, Nolan Brooks, Tuesday takeover, Zoom style. What's going on, Nolan? How's Maryville? I was just there yesterday, you know? Surprisingly not snowing or raining when I was there. No, it's actually pretty nice out, but... 80 degrees up here today. People riding their bikes. They don't really care about the quarantine, you know. Nothing new. Sure. But, hey, it's nice outside. I might sit out on the porch later and, you know, have an adult beverage and just chill. Sounds like a great afternoon, really. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are doing the exact same thing that you are every day. So For sure. There's that. So today we were debating, what should we talk about? We were doing all these crazy top five lists, going through college basketball since we didn't get to go through March Madness. We created some March Madness of ourselves in a way. Today we're going back to college football because the two biggest things going on right now in the world of sports, obviously number one, the last dance, Michael Jordan. Check out the doc on ESPN every Sunday night. It's phenomenal. Everyone's talking about it. And two, what happened over the weekend, NFL draft. Obviously, the first time that this has been like this, the virtual draft, I thought it went really well. I don't know about you, Nolan, but I thought the way that they executed that was pretty flawless. Well, yeah, and I know a lot of people were worried that there were going to be a lot of technological issues. You know, you're you're basically streaming hundreds of Zoom sessions or video chats simultaneously. And I know they were really worried that, you know, maybe some of the draftees wouldn't have connection and wouldn't hear it. Um, I mean, they'd still get the phone call, but they wouldn't see it on screen. Uh, you know, some of the fans that Goodell had on the TV in his house in the background, maybe they wouldn't connect and you wouldn't have that aspect. But there are a lot of moving parts in that. And, I, yeah, I agree with that. I thought they did really, really well. I didn't see any flaws. And I watched – most of the draft up until maybe about half of the sixth and the seventh round. So yeah, I didn't see any. I, big I thought it was really cool the way that the NFL was still able to do one of their biggest events, arguably, um, in that way, and it worked really well. And I think it came across really well. And a lot of people watched it. They said it was like one of their highest viewed ever which makes sense because there's nothing really else going on. So it makes sense. You really think about it, but I thought it was really cool. So today, Nolan and I, what analysts typically do after a NFL draft is they go through each NFL team. They do, who did they get? What did they need? Did they fill those needs? Things like that. But Nolan and I are going to go through and look at it from a college perspective. How well did teams do? How well did conference? do a really great article released on ESPN today that we'll look at closely but first we got a special treat so on Tuesday takeover we go through a lot of these local teams Nebraska obviously Iowa Hawkeyes the Cyclones the Tigers the Wildcats the Jayhawks etc so we're going to highlight some of those local kids who got drafted um, so first we have actually not playing for one of those teams but local to this area Isaiah Simmons um, out of Olathe, Kansas gets drafted to the Arizona Cardinals, pick number eight. Pretty cool deal there. Um, and now we go to the local schools. And Nolan, I'll actually start first. D2, Washburn, going back-to-back in the NFL draft. Last year they had uh, Corey Ballantine, and this year they have Kyle Hinton in the seventh round, got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. 
Um, he was uh, a linebacker, I believe, and he was All-American in D2. Um, and so that's cool to see a Washburn kid, someone that Nolan and I watched closely, make it. And that's back-to-back years now that someone from Washburn and from the MIAA obviously has gotten drafted. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, very, yeah, very cool. Um, that kind of that makes me think of when Nathan Shepard, the D end out of Four Hayes, got drafted at the Jets. Right. Uh, and I think it was like the third round or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, D two has a lot of talent. You just, I think this year's draft. No, I, I bet the D two players were hoping for a lot more exposure and get more looks, but this year's draft was just absolutely loaded. This is one of those years that comes around every two or three seasons where, right. you know, you're getting senior quarterbacks graduating and going into the draft. You're getting your one and dones or your two year and done go to the NFL draft. There's just a lot of talent across the board, but at Washburn, I mean, they, they produce solid talent every single year and every year when they play Northwestern football, I mean, they manage to get their fits in a lot of areas. So, I mean, to see them get that recognition that they have a pretty good program out there in Topeka is very, very good for them. It's going to help with yeah, recruiting. Exactly. So Kyle Hinton, I think I misspoke. He was an offensive tackle for the Ichabods, drafted the Vikings in the seventh round. We'll see if anything pans out, but still to see a local guy like that make it is pretty cool. Now we'll start with your Kansas Jayhawks, Nolan. Hakeem Aninji. Uh, pick number 180 in the sixth round goes to Cincinnati, a tackle. So a couple offensive linemen there. There's one for KU. Um, I mean, pretty impressive, really, considering that they still have that kind of a talent, even though they may not lead to the success. They're still building a lot of recruits. And like you said, Nolan's just on Washburn. It also obviously is with D1. You get players drafted more high schoolers are going to want to come play for your program. Um, makes sense. That's why Alabama and LSU, and we'll talk on that later, but they bring a lot of these guys and move them on up to the big leagues, which is what high schoolers want, obviously. Um, now we'll go through these quickly. Nebraska, their defensive tackle twins in the Davis brothers, Khalil and Carlos. Khalil gets picked in round six to Tampa Bay. Carlos in round seven to Pittsburgh. So the two Cornhusker twins get drafted. Um, For the Tigers, obviously Jordan Elliott. I think that was one everyone kind of expected. He goes third round, pick number 24, going to Cleveland, another defensive tackle. And then in round four, Albert – boy, this is (laughs) – I'm going to try this, but don't expect anything spectacular. Akwuglumban? I don't even think that was close. Goes to Denver, a tight end. Can you try it? Do you know? Do you know? You know who I'm – we know who we're talking about. I I, I bought I know it. who you're talking about, but I really – I don't want to butcher it. I'll, I'll let you butcher it. I did. So, <laughs> you're welcome. But, yeah, two guys from uh, out of Columbia headed to the league. Um, and then, finally, for the Hawkeyes, five guys. One in the first round was obviously Tristan Wirfs. Offensive tackle going to Tampa Bay to protect Tom Brady. Kind of cool there. A.J. Epinesa, defensive end, going to Buffalo. Um, and then a couple other guys. Gene Stone, Nate Stanley ends up going to the Vikings, so he'll play backup quarterback to Kirk Cousins. But just a lot of local talent. Kansas State didn't get anyone drafted. Iowa State, no one drafted. But there's a lot of talent in some of these programs. And Iowa specifically, I mean, I 
see it's tied in you, but they got some offensive linemen taken, especially Tristan Worps was one of the best in the entire Big Ten this season. So it's pretty cool to see those guys. Well, absolutely. And uh, Iowa has been pretty consistent with getting talent out there, especially on the O-line side. You know, the past couple of years, we've seen a lot of O-linemen that were top tier come out of Iowa. And this year, I mean, you got another one. And then you look at Espinosa, the the D-end. Dallas was looking at him, and he was on their their radar, you know, right up until Dallas went – I think that was when they went and got Diggs' brother. So uh, that – another Alabama product. We'll talk about that later. But um, just seeing how much talent Iowa can produce over the past couple years is not surprising at all. Um, And I'd say they're probably the most successful right now. Uh, in this local area as far as getting draft yeah. picks uh, in the NFL just because they're known for their O-line, they're known for their tight ends, and they're doing a good job. Absolutely. So that's local teams that Nolan and I have been covering throughout the entire year, especially that first semester on Tuesday to go football-wise. Um, but now we'll go through a national scope of really kind of what happened in the NFL draft. And Nolan, <laughs> the SEC was just dominant. I mean, this may be one of the most impressive drafts from a conference ever. They had the yeah, first conference. Yeah, they were first conference to have six of the top ten picks in the NFL draft. Obviously, Joe Burrow, Andrew Thomas, Tua Tagovailoa, Derek Brown, C.J. Henderson, and Jedrick Wills Jr. Just, they were so talented all year long. Um, And all six of those guys, no doubt, top ten. No doubt. So, it was an impressive showing from the SEC. Really. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's what you expect uh, if you're going to go into the NFL draft as an SEC, you know, competitor. And that's – honestly – I love that the article, and I'll put the link up on the screen right now. Like, it'll I'll have it pop up. But, Harry um, Miles Jr. is who wrote it. Gotcha. So yeah, we'll, we'll I'll pop I'll pop that up on the screen. Um, but you know, it did a good job of pointing out that it's not a surprise that the SEC got this many guys into the draft and broke that that NFL record for the NFL draft. But at the same time. It really is because you you just didn't know who was going to go because mm-hmm. every single one of those top – the six of the top ten guys, uh, I mean, you're like, all right, well, this team could take him. They might not need that position, but why would you pass up on somebody of that level of talent? And that kind of – a side note, that's kind of like Dallas taking C.D. Lamb. Right. Is that's wide receiver minute. was not a major need but they took it because you can't pass up on talent like that. Exactly. So, you know, you're looking at the Alabama O-lineman that got taken. You can't pass them up. You might not need it, but it's there, and it's a generational talent that's going to come in and produce for you. And, I mean, the SEC produces every year. That's what they're known for. Forty players picked in the first three rounds were from the SEC and Ole Miss was the only SEC school without a selection. So, and they had six selections last year. So it's not like they just were, oh, well, they were just left out. They just 
all their players were picked last year and they were just rebuilding this year. So it was incredible. But the team who arguably last season, maybe one of the greatest college football teams of all time, they built that up in the draft as well. They had, they tied the NFL after record of 14 players selected in the seven rounds from Louisiana state university. Just obviously Joe Burrow going number one, but it just continued to follow. It, it, 14 picks, it, it ties Ohio State, it ties USC in 1975. They were just so, so solid all season. And this didn't surprise me, but it just backs up those people who say, this may be one of the greatest. I know Nolan and I talked about, is this one of the greatest ever? Because it might be. And you look at who's on their team, 14 of them are playing in the, going to play in the NFL now. So there's that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty valid argument that Coach Orgeron is doing something right. And I think this is all that's going to help is recruiting. And, I mean, you look at it, you look at it, just winning the national championship was already going to boost their numbers, and they already had a lot of kids coming in. But then you go to them and you go into these pitch meetings for these kids and these recruiting visits, you're like, all right, look at this. Here's our national championship trophy. We beat Clemson, who was the top dog in college football. We came out and we beat them. There's our trophy and the banner. Now I want you to look over here. 14 of last year's team are now in the NFL. 14. So, I mean, you're you're going into these meetings and you just got to be impressed by this. And I think that's what is really ultimately going to happen for LSU. And, I mean, Joe Burrow, this is one thing that bugged me about this. And, I mean, I know he he knew he was going number one for three months now. Right. Just from what I saw, he didn't look like he was just ecstatic to go number one in the draft. I'm sure sure once the cameras were off, gave his mom and dad a hug, called some people, whatever. But just when he was on camera, he was just like, Put on the hat. He just knew. He knew. Thank you. I'm excited to get to work, Cincinnati. And that's it. Yep. You know, every every other player I saw was jumping around and was crazy. But, you know, I get it. They, All Cincinnati's had him on lock for right. a couple months now. So, no, nothing too crazy. That's just the one thing I was like, Joe, you don't look excited, man. I would be <laughs> – Oh, man, I would be bouncing out of my chair as soon as they read my name. And and speaking about Joe Burrow, this is something that you and I have talked about a lot, is this transfer quarterback carousel. And you look at what happened in this year's draft, four – or, correction, three quarterbacks were all drafted that transferred. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Jacob Eason. And then you look back on it, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield – two years both transfer quarterbacks it's just <laughs> it's it's now a formula now five guys now who have transferred and it looks like it's going to continue because Justin Fields will be next season he's a transfer guy as well so this will continue do you see it continuing more where we'll see these quarterbacks who are maybe playing backup roles at these D1 universities go elsewhere and play because I mean, it's working. They're getting yeah, recognized. Yeah, I mean, it's it's starting to become a pretty efficient formula, I guess. Um, 
I, I don't really see it stopping anytime soon. I think, I think this next year we're going to see it slow down just a little bit because a lot of those transfer guys were seniors and most of them are gone now and they're now in the NFL or doing other things. Um, so next year I think will be a slowdown just a tad. Um, once you start to get more guys in there and you have people battling for those positions, definitely I think there's going to be even more transfer portal, you know, deals going on where you see guys who are easily five-star recruits are the backup to another five-star recruit. They go somewhere else and they'll be the starter. So, yeah, for sure I see it continuing. But next year will definitely be a slowdown. Uh, the, I, another thing that I thought was interesting, this is the third year in a row that the Heisman Trophy winner has gone number one overall. Now, it wasn't yeah. from Oklahoma, obviously, but right. it's the third year in a row. I would not be surprised if the fourth year in a row happens too. So, yeah. just a lot of different trends going on. But don't be – yeah, it, it'll slow down just a little bit. And my final question for you, what did you think of former Texas Tech head coach Cliff Cleansbury's setup watching the draft? Where is this dude living unreal? Unreal. I, I really – I think my reaction to it wouldn't do it. It's justice. I mean, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, put it, I'll put it up on the screen too. I'll find a, I'll find a video or something and put it up on the screen. But, I mean – I, I would say it's quite the Social setup. Social media went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the setup, and I'm sure Bill Belichick wanted a better setup like that instead of just his kitchen table with his dog. But, uh, I mean, it's insane. got to do it big at Texas A&M, I guess. This dude is living in Arizona <laughs> right now, let me tell you. Unbelievable. But, yeah, so that's it college-wise for the NFL draft. Those were some of the local guys. Pretty cool to see, but SEC dominated. Big 10 did really well. Big 12, not so hot, but really just I'm excited to see what kind of trends continue like you were just talking about. Well, yeah, absolutely, and they'll pop back up, but the transfer yep. quarterback thing, like I said, that will slow down just a little bit, uh, but other than that, I mean – there, there's so many good recruits that are coming into college football for this next season. Uh, LSU is definitely going to be up there again. Uh, I think you're going to see a resurgence in Oklahoma as well. They've got yeah. a good quarterback coming in there and some good wide receivers, and they're they're, they're definitely going to reload and try to, you know, yeah. end this whole streak of not getting past that first round in the college football playoff, um, and they're definitely going to try to improve. So. Don't be surprised if you see the Big 12, you know, improve in their numbers a little bit. Uh, and the SEC, obviously, they're going to be good no matter what. I mean, that's how it is. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. Well, thanks for tuning in with us here on this Quarantine Tuesday. Only got a couple shows left. I think two is how many shows we have left. So, it's coming down to the end of it. It's sad, but don't worry. We'll see you next week.